Good evening, daughter of Zion SDA. I want to just thank you and your pastor for having me this particular evening. Uh, let's go into a word of prayer. Father God, I just want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for this moment. I thank you for all the things that you do and that you show. Lord, I ask that you bless tonight's message and just guide me as I preach. In Jesus' name, we ask this all. Amen. The story is told of a team of heroes. These heroes were of the 5th Battalion. They were in detail a mission by the government, a mission by the Secret Service, a mission by the CIA. This particular mission was for them to go and get some documents that were very important. As they go out into the battlefield, as they go out into espionage, they encounter so many different things. The mission didn't go as planned. One man was supposed to be in a particular area at a certain time, and he wasn't there. At this point, the point man, the head man of the mission, he gets the documents and the material, and they all rendezvous at a particular place. When they reach this place, they realize that one of the team members are not present. When they met with the head at the beginning of the mission, he said that the most important thing was to secure the documents. But the point man said one thing that was very important. He said, leave no man behind. Leave no man behind. The title of tonight's message is Evangelism. Leave no man behind. Let's dive into the scripture that we have for this evening. Now, our scripture is taking place in 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 18. Now, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Version. I'll give you a, a brief moment for you to find it. But it's 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 through 18. And the word of God states, For Christ's love compels us, since we have reached this conclusion. If one died for, for all, then all die. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for the one who died for them and was raised. For now on, then we do not know anyone in purely a humanly way. Even have known Christ purely in a humanly way, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Everything from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now evangelism right here is the ministry of reconciliation, but we wanna see what Webster says in his behalf. Now Webster says that evangelism is the spreading of Christian gospel by public preaching 
and personal witness. But when we go back into our scripture, the scripture says it's a ministry of reconciliation. Now, what we have to understand that this particular reconciliation cannot happen as man to man. It is a ministry. Only God can reveal this reconciliation in us for we have sinned against God. We have to understand the seriousness of evangelism. Now, tonight I want to show you the do's and don'ts of evangelism. Sometimes you can be overzealous or sometimes you can be too much, but I want to give you the do's and don'ts. So I want, I want to start with a, a don't. Here's a story of a minister, minister by the name of William Sainster. Now, William Sainster had a, a member who was very overzealous in ministry. He loved ministry. Anytime get up in church, he'd be the first one to sing, the first one to pull the hymnal book out, the first one to ask to pray or be a part of the program. This member on one Sabbath, the pastor said, this week we're going to be fasting and praying, but I would like for you to witness to one person, one person this week, just one person. Now, this young man, he took this particular uh, uh, instructions from his minister and he said, I'm going to go all the way in on this one. Now, his job was he was a janitor at a barbershop. Mind you, he's a janitor, not a barber. One day during the same week that the pastor told him to do witness to one person, he seen a young man come in. He got overzealous and he started to lather the young man up with shaving cream to give him a shave. Now, mind you, I just told you this man is a janitor. He is not a barber. After he lathers the man up with the, the raise, he says, are you prepared to meet your God? This was the mode, the mode and method that he chose to teach this man about God. But we really need to see the real method that God chose, showed us to go out and teach, which is found in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. So turn with me to Matthew 28, 19 and 20, and we will see what the word of God says. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. Now this particular text, the key to the context of this text is, this was Jesus' last words to his disciples before going back to heaven. Now what you have to understand, one of the keyest moments or the keyest words in this text is the very first word. Now Jesus didn't say to sit, Jesus didn't say to call. Jesus didn't say to walk. <laughs> Jesus didn't say to look at TV. Jesus didn't say to text. Jesus didn't say to Instagram message. Jesus didn't say to Facebook message. Jesus said we should go and make disciples of men. This is an action that is very important that we go out and take action. Sin has taken action against us. It is our turn now to take action. This is what God's main goal is for us to do, is to make disciples of men. We're in a world now 
where everything is negative, we have this hope. Jesus died for our sins. He's, he's risen from the grave. We've witnessed all these great things in the word, the history of all what God has done for mankind. And there's so many people out there who are dealing with darkness. They're dealing with pain. They're dealing with so many different issues. And if we don't spread this hope, this ministry of reconciliation, this opportunity for people to witness or make it to heaven, if they just give their all to God, your testimony alone can be something that can change someone's life. When we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus used parables. But today, the ministry of testimony is one of the greatest things ever. You can give someone so many great jewels of what God has done in your life. Another story, which is a testimony of a great man. It's a man by the name of Charlie Hairline. Now, Charlie Hairline is actually from South Florida. This young man is, has, is and has been in ministry for a very long time. Now, in 2012, Charlie made a plot with the Presbyterian church that he goes to. He says, we, this year, we're going to baptize 1,650 people. Now, a lot of people were wondering, well, Charlie, how are we going to do this? This is a, a big number for only one year. He says, we just have to have faith. Now, Charlie will witness anywhere, whether it be at a, a job event, whether it be at school or anywhere at all, he will put his all into ministry. There was one day where he was at one of his local elders or uh, local members of the church. They were having a, 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 a baseball event. It was a baseball event between two corporations playing each other. And at this particular moment, one of the guys was sitting on the bench and they just kept looking at Charlie. And Charlie just had this smile on his face, always smiling, just a glare of happiness because God has done so much for Charlie. So finally, the, the young man on the bench, he walks up to Charlie and says, man, why are you smiling? And he just gave this miraculous testimony of what God has done for him. At this particular point, the person who was on the bench said to one of the church members, listen, I don't know about this God, but if I can have what Charlie has, that's all that I need. But what we don't understand about Charlie is, is this, the same very year, that he put together with the church, the number for 1,650 people, his daughter was abused, murdered, and killed. And they found her body in a canal. But the thing that you don't understand the most about Charlie, Charlie took ministry to even more level. And it says here, when they caught the murderer, Charlie went to the prison to witness to this man, to show him what God has done in his life. Reconciliation can only come from God. It's not an act from man because we've chosen to be in sin. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We have to understand that the only way that we can reconcile is through and from God. A story that's near and deep to my heart is a young man by the name of Andre. When I was about seven years old, 
actually, no, I'm sorry. When I was about 10 years old, I had issues with math. And so unfortunately for me, I had to go to summer school. I failed math in, in that grade. And my mother enrolled me in summer school at Paul Turner um, uh, School, which is in, in Fort Lauderdale. Now, every time I would go, because I'm not known for public school, I was known for private school, there was always, always people picking on me. There were always people uh, making fun of my weight, making fun of my eyebrows, anything. Just, you know, children nowadays from now, they just find something to pick on you about. One day while I was in the lunchroom, there was this big, tall kid. The kid, kid had to be about 6'2". <laughs> we're, we're 11, 12 years old. We're young. And he sees the people picking on me and he starts to pull them off and just get them away from me. And every single day, this man, Andre, would always have my back. That I had more fun in that summer school than any school that I've ever went to in my life because Andre was just such a good friend. But there's a point to this story tonight, ladies and gentlemen. In 2015, Andre was murdered. He was shot and killed. And there was no one there for Andre. And as, as I, I preach this message and as I, I speak of what God has done for me, I was not there for Andre when it was a time to witness. And what we have to understand, there's an Andre in your school. There's an Andre at your job. There's an Andre in the pews at the church. We have to take evangelism serious. We want heaven to be a joyous day, not a day of sadness. Wondering, why didn't my neighbor make it? Or why didn't my coworker, the one who used to exchange lunch with me, not be here in heaven? This responsibility falls on us. We are to make disciples of men. The word of God says to go and make disciples of men, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The key tonight is to spread joy and hope. That's why Jesus came to show us that there's victory over death, to show us that there's victory over sin. The key tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Please, please leave no man or woman behind. Let us pray. Our gracious and kind Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this time of worship, this time of study. Lord, help us to understand that evangelism is not just about us. It's about reconnecting our family with you, Father. Help us to realize that these people are hurting and that when we keep this light holding into our chest, we're not doing what we're supposed to. For Christians are about compassion. Christians are about love. Christians are about mercy. A true follower of Christ would see someone hurting and go out and help them. So, Father, guide us each day to the, those who are lost. Guide us to each day to those who are in need. Continue to keep us, Father. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this message. In Jesus' name, we ask all things.
Amen.